Hey everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Finals Week 2. I'm your host Stephen Westway and what a start to the Finals campaign for 2020 it was last weekend. Uh, we saw a lot of free-flowing football and a lot of points scored. It might have been due to the six again rule but uh, all the underdogs got up to a flying start before the favourites managed to uh, rally home and end up winning their games. Uh, the lowest points scored by any team out of the final eight were the Sharks and the Knights who both scored 20 points each. So, very entertaining finals uh, series so far, and there's plenty to look forward to on this show. I'm going to give, my, give you my previews for each of the finals matches uh, this weekend. The two huge games that uh, will determine who's playing in the preliminary finals. But I want to thank you guys for supporting me each and every week. If you haven't, please give Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook a like. Um, it's been a fantastic year, and I enjoy doing these podcasts each and every week. Sorry for the delay this week, uh, as you will probably be listening to this on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, I had some family issues yesterday and um, that were pretty serious and uh, I had to delay the show to today but the show must go on and I want to thank you guys for all your continued support and everybody um, has been so, uh, I've been overwhelmed with kindness in the last 24 hours and I think, want to thank you guys um, for all your support. Uh, but as I said, a huge show today, um, a very exciting time of the year in rugby league. Um, before I get to my match predictions this week and the women's round two, the NRLW's round two predictions, um, we're going to have a look at last week's matches and the two teams that have the week off um, and have gone through to the preliminary finals. And the first match of the finals last weekend, it was the Penrith Panthers that were up against the Sydney Roosters and the Roosters got up to a fly start. They were up 10-0 before the Penrith Panthers rallied um, in front of their home crowd and really showed... Um, that they have the stuff um, to get into the grand final and potentially even win it. It was 16 wins in a row for the Penrith Panthers, and um, they're through to the preliminary final to verse the winner of the Eels-Rabbitohs match. So um, all credit where credit was due there. I, I said they were down. They managed to lift Nathan Cleary and Jerome Law. What a season those two are having. They're just organizing the team around really well, and guys like Jose Yo and, and Appy Corsi are really playing their best football behind them. Um there was a couple of defensive lapses for me, which makes me worry a little bit for the Penrith Panthers' long-term future. I mean, they um, had some big defensive lapses. Guys like Kikian, Drone Law, I just got caught out a little bit in terms of defense during the game. But overall, it's their courageous, courageous nature and um, their will to stay in the fight. They were ready for the, the fight of their life against the Roosters. And um, overall, it was a very, very close game. And um, all credit where credit is due to the Panthers. Um... The other prelim, uh, preliminary finalists uh, are the Melbourne Storm, and the Eels had them on the ropes early in that game. They had so much possession, end up getting to a 12 0 lead, and they were hoping it could get more. Um, but you know, just some late errors by Parramatta um, really let Melbourne take over momentum. And by half time, it was all Melbourne. Even though it was 12 all, Melbourne had the full momentum, and they really went on and did a job on the Parramatta Eels, 36 to 24. Of course, the Eels got a couple of injuries coming out of that game, and um, in Blake Ferguson and Mike Acevo, but uh, they're going to have to be a lot better against the Rabbitohs. It's still a die now for them, and the uh, the Storm will verse the winner of the Raiders-Roosters next week in a huge preliminary final to get into the grand final. So um, the Storm, apart from Penrith, they've been the most consistent team all year, and as I've said so many times in this podcast, they're just the consummate professionals. Um, they know what to do. Come day, a game day, and Craig Bellamy will have them fired up 
um, enjoying the week off this week and then going to war next week. So congratulations to the Melbourne Storm as well. Um, so Penrith and Melbourne, they get the week off. Um, the elimination finals last week, we saw the Sharks as well start fast against the Kimber Raiders. But um, let's be honest, um, as soon as George Williams got that intercept, it was all one-way traffic and the Raiders end up winning that game 32-20. to The Sharks did go a lot better than a lot of teams thought they would, but uh, overall, I mean, they struggled to make the finals. I mean, they'll... They confirmed their spot a couple of weeks beforehand, but uh, really they weren't in good forms heading into it. They hadn't been the top eight side, and uh, the Raiders, when they finally got their got their stuff together, which they were all over the place defensively and with the ball in the first half, but when they put it all together in the second half, they um, went on and did the job, and Ricky Stewart will have them uh, galvanized uh, and uh, fired up this week for their finals match against the Roosters, so... Um, the Raiders obviously advanced, and the Rabbitohs, they were losing 14-0 against Newcastle in the last um, elimination final of the weekend, and then suddenly they uh, scored 46 unanswered points and really put a show on um, their left side, their right, so it doesn't matter where the uh, Rabbitohs are attacking from, obviously their left side's the um, the side that has all the fire PR there, but uh, they just put a number on the Knights, um, who, you know, were good to start the match, but then fell away, which is very concerning for Adam O'Brien. A disappointing result to an overall good year for the Newcastle side. So, um, four very entertaining finals, as I said. The rule changes have seemed to uh, to make it a lot high, a lot more high scoring. Um, Peter Sterling said yesterday on, uh, on his show on YouTube that he thinks the 20 points is the new 12 points in terms of points scored, and I tend to agree with that. I mean... Um, Defensively, uh, it, it, it's a lot of pressure on you when you've got these six against over and over again. And um, to extend that amount of pressure, um, there's going to be his points scored uh, more than usual with these with these rules. But uh, I think the NRL has to be very careful not to, not to put it over that edge and uh, defense to become less important in the game because uh, when you bring the best attacking teams together, um, if you're giving them six again after six again and not being consistent with the rules... You can really find that um, that those decisions can impact the results of finals matches, and that's not one thing that we want heading into the future. But overall, it's a very entertaining football a week of football. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I managed to watch all four games live, um, and it was very entertaining. Had some beers, watched it with some mates, and um, overall, it's a very good weekend of football. So, um, onwards to round two, uh, week two of the football uh, of the finals, and um, I'm looking forward to preview them today um, but as I said if you have not liked the Facebook page please like it Steve's NRL Footy Tips please subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify uh, and give a like and a review on anywhere that you guys may listen to this podcast every, each and every week but uh, let's go to the previews for round 2 of the NRL Finals but beforehand let's go to the women's round 2 predictions so last Saturday the NRLW's competition got off to a flying start uh, we had an upset to start the season, and that was the Roosters defeating the Dragons 18-4 in that first matchup. And uh, the Dragons have a couple of injury concerns in people like Shakai Tungyoi and Jess uh, Sergis. So uh, they're going to be looking to bounce back this weekend. Uh, the Roosters got over the top of them, and there's got to be question marks raised about the women's side for the Dragons uh, and how many points they can score because um, their combinations didn't get it right, and the Roosters were just all over them. Um, very impressive performance by them, and in general, uh, McGregor played very well for them. So, uh, overall, um, disappointing by the Dragons. The second game of the round, we saw um, the Broncos defeat the Warriors, who started off fast, um, but 
the as as we both know, uh, as we all know, the uh, the Broncos side hasn't won the last two competitions for no reason, and um, they managed to get the job done there. So overall, it was a very entertaining game, a weekend of football. The Broncos won that one, twenty eight to fourteen. Round two in the women's, um, both on Saturday again from twelve thirty. We're going to see the Warriors versus the Roosters, and at four o'clock we're going to see the Dragons versus the Broncos, and. Because there's only three rounds uh, this year in the women's competition, who, the two losers from round, round one in the Warriors and the Dragons, um, they're both in much win, uh, must-win situations here if they're going to make the rear final in a fortnight's time. Um, so in the first game, the Warriors, as I said, they looked good against the Broncos overall. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, people that uh, obviously. Uh, more invested in the women's competition than I am. Thought that the Warriors uh, might struggle a little bit. They had a, almost a completely new side, but they came out and they uh, put a statement on before the Broncos class got them home. They're versing a Rooster side that were impressive last weekend, but uh, I'm going to tip the Warriors for the upset in that one. Um, I'm feeling good about that. And the dra- so to keep their seasons alive. And unfortunately for the Dragons, they're versing a Broncos team that, as I said, was so dominant. Um, in week one, I've been dominant for two years. I am tipping the Broncos in that one as well. So, unfortunately, that means the Dragons that their women's season may be over this weekend. But uh, So, in the NRLW, I'm tipping the Warriors to beat the Roosters and the Broncos to beat the Dragons. And Sorry, it's not more in-depth. I do enjoy watching them play, but obviously my knowledge isn't where it is in terms of NRL. Um, but I look forward to watching each week of the women's action. And... Um, as we get close to the grand final, and hopefully next season in 2021, the season can be even longer, um, and we can get, you know, eventually we can get to a place where they're playing every week that the men are. So, because um, it's very important for the future of rugby league in general, and um, it's a very entertaining uh, way to watch rugby league is watching the women play each and every week. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the finals uh, for the NRL week two. And finals week two is set to kick off with an absolute blockbuster when the Sydney Roosters host the Canberra Raiders at 7.50pm from Sydney Cricket Ground at Moore Park on Friday night. This game is going to be one for the ages. It's the grand final rematch from 2019. And if we go to the head-to-head, the they played 66 times for these two teams. The Roosters have a 37-29 to 29 advantage uh, in finals matches. Two all. Uh, both teams won two matches. They did play two in 1987, two finals matches, one in 2000, and then, of course, their 2019 Green Final. Their 2020 form reads like this. In Round 10, the Canberra Raiders managed to beat the Roosters in the Grand Final rematch, 24-20. to It was a huge performance by them that night. And then in Round 17, Sonny Billions return. The Roosters got over the top of the Raiders, 18-16. to The Roosters have won four from their last five against the Raiders, and on the tap, the Roosters are $1.45, and the Raiders are $2.75. The team list, of course, they did drop yesterday afternoon, and the Raiders, they have an unchanged team from last week, but the Roosters, two huge in. Sonny Billion is back from injury, and same as Jake Friend, and he slots straight back into the dummy half role. So this game, as I said, it's going to be a blockbuster. It's going to be very entertaining, very excited to watch. Um, these two teams are going to go to absolute war with each other. Um, and watching the Roosters last weekend against the King, uh, against the Penrith Panthers, they came out and they started the game on fire. Um Leading 10-0, and uh, before the Panthers managed to get back in the game, and the Roosters dropped off that intensity a lot, and uh, they found themselves on the wrong end of the scoreboard. They had a late comeback, but the Panthers ended up getting the job done 29-28, and 
The Roosters, they've been the best team in the competition over three seasons now, but how often do you see them blow a 10-0 lead? I don't know if I have seen it in the last three seasons, and that kind of shows you where the Roosters are at the moment. They're down on confidence. Um, they were embarrassed 60-8 to against their arch enemies two weeks ago in the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and we saw Trent Robertson in the coach's box uh, last week. He was not happy. He was filthy. He was going off at some of the decisions in that game, and I think the reason behind that was that the Roosters, they really wanted to get up for this uh, final match, the qualifying final. They wanted to City out next uh, this week and go on to the preliminary finals. They think I think they needed it um, to get their combinations right. And a lot of those guys out there, whether it be Tedesco, who's done so much uh, in the past two seasons, the Morris brothers have been struggling a bit with injury. Luke Heary and Boyd Cordner have had damaged campaigns. Sonny Williams still not 100% fit, um, as well as Jake Friend. I think that they needed the week off um, to, you know, Take care of those injuries, problems, and really get ready for a preliminary final um, and a match to make the grand final. So um, the fact that they put so much effort in that first 20 minutes and you could see them, they were fired up, they were ready to go last week, and then they couldn't go on and get the job done. I think the Roosters are in probably the most... Uh, what's the word? Probably the most... Uh, not the most dangerous. They're probably in the most trouble they have been in the past three seasons. They're probably in a position uh, where we've seen them at their weakest. Um, and now that I'm saying that, uh, the Roosters will probably come out and, and win this weekend and probably go on to win the grand final. But the fact that it's so hard to win two in a row in the modern game, they're the first team to do it in the NRL. But the last team to go three in a row was the Eels in the early 80s. And that shows you how hard it is to do. Um Going to England, of course, touring over there hasn't helped them. And I think that they might just be busted. I think they might be done. Um, they're going to start this game fired up. Obviously, it is the grand final rematch, and they're playing for their life. Every game's elimination from now on in. But I just don't know if they want it as much as teams like the Raiders, teams like Penrith, teams like Melbourne, teams like the Rabbitohs, teams like Parramatta, because they've had such a good history of success over the past few seasons. It's hard to lift your game to that extra level to, uh, you know, to, to level it and to equal it out with those opponents that you're versing each and every week. And we all know that Ricky Stewart are going to have the Raiders ready to go for this because it is the grand final rematch. Um, and obviously they weren't at their best in the first half last week. They looked all over the place in attack and in defense. They conceded some chops tries to the Raiders, but uh, they managed to put it together in the second half. I don't know how the half-time speech was, but... That George Williams try, that intercept try in the back half of the first half for him, uh, really gave them energy, and they went on and did a job on the Sharks in the second half last weekend. So, um, as I said, the momentum that the Raiders brought into the 2019 final series is what Ricky Stewart's going to be out to replicate this year, um, and in this finals game in particular, because they're going to lift their versus their modern arch rivals, um, their new arch rivals in the Sydney Roosters, and... The Raiders, uh, they're gonna they're gonna want to be at their absolute best. Um, Jack Wyden and George Williams, their harsh combination has been absolutely outstanding from recent weeks. And Jack Wyden is just since he's gone to five eight, he's just elevated his game to another level. When someone needs to step up for the Raiders, a lot of the times you'll find that it is Jack Wyden. And I said at the start of the year in my podcast that George Williams could be the missing piece of the puzzle that the Canberra Raiders need to win the premiership. Um, and he struggled a little bit when he first came into the NRL, but he's found his footing, he's playing some great football, running the football more, and picking out the weak spots of the uh, the opponent's defences. 
Um, so he's in great form, and I think that that's going to be a hell of a battle. George Williams, Jack Warden versus Flanagan and Keary, uh, especially Warden versus Keary. What a battle that's going to be. Um, and I think it's all going to come down to whose forward pack can get over the other early in the game. I mean, Papali and Soliola and Bateman and Whitehead and Tarpanay, who plays his 100th game this weekend, if they can really outmuscle the Roosters early, I think the Raiders can go on and put on a real score here against the Roosters, and it'll just be up to the Roosters whether they can match that momentum. Because um, we all know the Raiders are going to be ready for this one. It's going to be an absolute war. Um, I'm actually leaning towards tipping the Raiders, and as I said, now that I'm am tipping the Raiders, the Roosters will probably come out and fire up, but... Uh, as I said, this is going to be an absolute war this game, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this side of the bracket works out because Melbourne, they're going to be licking their lips. They're going to be enjoying the week off, and uh, they're going to be hoping these two teams bash each other on the weekend. And um, As I said, the disadvantage that the Roosters and the Raiders are in this season and in this game, whoever wins this game, they're going to be battered, they're going to be tied, um, and they're going to have to rise up and do it all over again against the Storm next week to get into the grand final. And even if they manage to do that, what energy do they then have in the actual grand final itself to step up um, yet again? So, um, as I said, all the all the teams left in the competition, they're carrying a lot of niggling and injuries, and it's been a very tough campaign for them. They have had no breaks in the, uh, the 18 weeks straight that the competition went before last week's final. Um, so... It's going to be interesting. I'm tipping the Raiders by eight in this game, but as I said, uh, who knows? It's going to be an absolute contest. The Roosters, they are champions for a reason. They're not going to go down without a fight. I can't believe the Raiders are 275. Get on that if you're having a punt because I think the Raiders are a huge chance. I think they're going to lift against their arch enemies, and I think they're going to be versing this Melbourne Storm next week, but I'm excited to watch this game. It could be the match of the season. The Roosters versus the Raiders on Friday night. And the second game of final football will take place at 7.50pm on Saturday night when the Parramatta Eels host the South Sydney Rabbitohs from Bankwest Stadium at Parramatta. And this game, obviously another elimination match of football. Um, the Friday night game sets this one up well. The winner of this game goes on to take take on the Penrith Panthers in the preliminary final to get to the grand final in two weeks' time. We look at the history between these two teams, and uh, they have played 134 times with the Rabbitohs having the advantage, winning 71 out of those games. The Eels have had 60 victories. There's been free draws as well. Uh, despite playing 134 games of football, these two sides have only versed in one finals match ever, and we've got to go all the way back to 1965 to see it. The Rabbitohs were too good that day, 17-2 for the Eels. That doesn't really come into contention this week, but the Rabbitohs have a 1-0 Finals history over Parramatta. Uh, the Rabbitohs won their last game, but uh, have only won two out of the past five against the Eels. And of course, the game that they did win was their only encounter in 2020, about a month ago, where the Rabbitohs defeated the Parramatta Eels 38 to nil. So um, this Rabbitohs side definitely knows how to score a lot of points on Parramatta in 2020. And in, in their last two weeks, they've scored 46 and 60 points. Um, their attack is just firing on all cylinders at the moment, and that is represented in the tab market. They are $1.45. The Eels are $2.75, which is the same as the Roosters-Raiders match. So a lot of people are predicting that the Rabbitohs can continue their wave of momentum despite being outside of the top four, the Eels finishing in the top four. A lot of uh, punters predicting that the Rabbitohs can get over the line this week. Um, and, I mean, it's not hard to see why. I mean... Last week against Newcastle, now 14-0 down before scoring 46 unanswered points. 
and uh, really dominating on all sides of the field. I mean, the combination between Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds is outstanding. The Rabbitohs predominantly uh, attack on their left-hand side. Cody Walker um, had that combination with the Troll Mitchell during the year, but Corey Allen stepped, there, stepped in there, did his job, and Gay Guy and Alex Johnson outside on that corner had been almost impossible to stop this season. The Roosters couldn't do it. Newcastle couldn't do it. Um, we'll see if Parramatta can, but even over on the right-hand side, Reynolds and uh, Campbell Graham linking up well, and they're playing so good, the Rabbitohs' halves. We saw it last week in the game and the week before against the Roosters. Uh, even Walker and Reynolds are combining well. The uh, the you know the fake-out pass from Reynolds to Walker has led to two Cody Walker tries in the past fortnight. So the Rabbitohs' attack and their momentum firing on all cylinders. I said it early in the season on the podcast. The Rabbitohs are a very momentum-based heavy side. And the fact that they have managed to get this much momentum and keep all the outside noise and... The controversy around the Rabbitohs at the moment with the whole Sam Burgess allegations and incident, um, they've kept that all on the outside. It hasn't let them distract them from their football, and they're playing a really damaging brand of football, um, which could upset some top sides with their strike power and attack. So um, the Eels, they're going to have to be at the absolute best to shut down that down this week. Mike Acevo, of course, he's out of this game. He got a season-ending injury. Blake Ferguson has been named. It'll be interesting to see if he lines up. To take Sevo's place, they have put in uh, young George Jennings, who has played some football this year from a loan deal to the New Zealand Warriors and has gotten a lot of uh, much-needed experience there. Um, but that side's going to be... Uh, both sides, really, are going to have to be working overtime to shut down the Rabbitohs' strike power. Their 1-7 uh, has been absolutely on fire in 2020. And as I said, the Eels are going to have to be at their absolute best. Their forward pack is really going to have to get over the Rabbitohs if there's any chance of slowing down the Rabbitohs' momentum. Um, and guys like Gufson, Brian, and Moses are going to have to be at their absolute best um, to stop the Rabbitohs' momentum. So uh, Dylan Brian, I thought, was a little bit undercooked last week for the Eels. Gufson tried his heart out, and he scored a good try last weekend. I thought he was their best. Best Mitchell Moses was really impressive in the first half, and I was very critical of him last week and how he goes missing when the big games are there. But he was very impressive in the first half. He did go quiet in the second half, and the Eels just couldn't uh, match Melbourne's um, intensity and uh, just their firepower. So um, if they can't match Melbourne's firepower, Melbourne are a fantastic side. Obviously, they're one of the benchmarks of the competition. But I'd actually argue that the Rabbitohs weren't at their very best. Their attack is a little bit stronger than Melbourne just based on the amount of points they've scored lately. So this, the Eels, as I said, they're going to have to be working overtime in this game um, if there's any chance. Um, I think, as I said, the Rabbitohs are playing better football at the moment. The Eels have kind of... Uh, crawled their way into a top four spot and um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they respond so uh, this game as I said I wouldn't be surprised with an Eels victory Um, the fact that they're going to have that momentum of getting out in finals week two last week is going to be have them fired up and ready to go it's going to be a very big factor in their performance this week but if the Rabbitohs can let the outside noise stay outside noise and continue that momentum um, they're going to be looking the goods in this game, and of course, the winner of this match, as I said, they go on to first Penrith in the preliminary finals, and both of these sides are a side that are capable of upsetting Penrith, especially when you look at some of Penrith's defensive lapses um, this past week. The Eels have beaten them before in 2020, um, even though that was probably a different Parramatta Eels side, they are capable of it, and the Rabbitohs have the attack, even the strike weapons to really upset the Penrith side. They play a similar style of football in terms of attack, 
Um, so it'll be a hell of a battle if the Rabbitohs uh, can win this game and, and versus Penrith next week. So I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs in this game by 10 points. But as I said, it's it's a real close matchup um, if the Eels play the absolute best of fo- best brand of football. But if they come out um, and if they've used all their energy last week against the Storm, which they'll fight up and ready to go in that game, if they if the tank's empty, the Rabbitohs could put on another scoreline here and really get some believers behind them that they could be the first team in the NRL era to go outside of the top four um, and win the premiership. So uh, another big game of football. It's going to be an exciting weekend of football, but I've got the Rabbitohs by 10 points in this game. So the Roosters and the Raiders. We've got the Raiders by eight points in that game, and the Eels versus the Rabbitohs. We've got the Rabbitohs by 10. Those are my predictions for week two of the finals football before I wrap up this podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy the weekend of football. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast all year, and I hope you guys uh, continue to support me heading into the State of Origin period because uh, I'm going to have all my previews for each of those matches as well as the grand final still to come this year. But before we wrap up this podcast, I want to quickly have a look at the premiership uh, odds. And if you go to the, the tab or any of your local betting markets, um, you can look at the NRL futures. And to win the premiership at the moment, Penrith, on the tab of the favourites, two dollars seventy-five. They are deserving favourites. They've only lost one game this year, and they're on a sixteen-game winning streak. You've got the Storm at three dollars ten, the Roosters at six dollars, the Rabbitohs at ten dollars, Canberra at eleven dollars, and Parramatta at thirty-one dollars. If uh, my my pick of the bunch, I mean, obviously Penrith and, and Melbourne, are, you know, the favourites for a reason. The Storm are going to be so hard to beat. But if you think South Sydney are going to beat Parramatta like I do this week. Um, South Sydney at $10 is decent value. I know they're versing the benchmark in the competition if they can get past Parramatta this week in Penrith. But whoever wins this game, whether it be Parramatta at 31 or CS at 10, as I said, they're both capable of an upset on Penrith. Um, and to get CS at 10 bucks, or if the if the upset happens in Parramatta at $31 to win the premiership, if you can get those sorts of odds on those sides um, and they're in the preliminary final next week, well, yeah, that, those are good odds to have because, uh, as I said, the Roosters and the Raiders, they're going to be going at war with each other. Um, so if you're looking for value there, unless you reckon the Raiders can get it done three weeks in a row, um, Melbourne and the Roosters are going to be an absolute war next week. And whoever wins the game between the Roosters and the King will really have their back against the war against the Storm side that's going to be fresh next week and ready to go. So um, if you're looking for a little bit of a, uh, a dark horse in this competition, I reckon CS or Parramatta are the way to go, uh, just depending on what you think will happen this weekend. As, as I said, I've got CFs winning that game, but um, if Parramatta play their best football like they did early in the year, who knows what will happen. Um, while I'm here, you've also got the um, the Clive Churchill, which I don't know if it's still a market, but if you're betting on Clive Churchill, as I'm looking these odds up now, you, it's hard to go past Nathan Cleary. I mean, everything he's done this year has been the best player in the competition for a reason. He is the favourite. He's five dollars. The next next bet is best is Cameron Smith at eleven. Corsi at thirteen. Munster at thirteen. Tedesco at fifteen. Um, Luai, Cleary, Pappahiasen, all seventeen dollars. So um, there's a lot of value if you go one of the outside of teams like Cody Walker still twenty six. If South can make it, he's a decent chance. So is Jack Warden at twenty six. But it's hard to go past Nathan Cleary if Penrith make the grand final because we've seen them give losing teams um, the Clive Churchill medalist before. So even if Penrith were to lose the grand final, if they made it, which I don't see happening, if they make it, I think they will win it. Um, but if they 
if they are uh, yeah if they don't win it it's still a chance clear of getting it so um as i said there's a lot of good markets there if you like a roughie so uh gamble responsibly but there's some good markets there to do it but i hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast this week um uh, again i want to thank everybody for your support over the last 24 hours um and sorry for the delay um i'll be back next week with all my latest tips in the preliminary finals and uh the nrlw round three but i'm looking forward to all the action this weekend i hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast as i said please like it all the uh, platforms that you guys listen to it and support the show how you guys do um in the off season i'm kicking off a new podcast we're gonna have new details about that soon and it'll be in the world of film and i'm gonna have a uh, very talented co-host hosting that with me um some of you guys might know her already but um, i'm excited to have that announcement thank you guys for listening to steve's nrl footy tips this week and i'll see you guys next week for the preliminary finals